0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 50 of the Talking Fitbot podcast. We've made it to half a century of top quality guests. My name's Derek Clark and every week we try to bring you at least one top interview with some of the most interesting characters in the game. Thanks firstly for downloading and listening to last week's two-part special with Bob Wilson. The feedback we've had to it has been absolutely terrific. If you've not listened to it so far, you can find it in the archives on the likes of Podbean, Spotify and Apple. This week I had the pleasure of chatting with a charismatic Swiss defender much loved during his playing days at the likes of Grasshopper Zurich, Callery, Tottenham and Celtic. There's of course Ramon Vega. Ramon's played alongside and taken on the best in the world and off the field he's forged a successful career as a football administrator, even vying to become FIFA president a few years ago. Ramon's story in the game is absolutely fascinating and was a real delight to interview, so sit back and enjoy the latest episodes. Of the Talking Football Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the the Talking Football Podcast. I'm delighted to say we're joined on the line this week by former Switzerland international, Tottenham and Celtic favourite Ramon Vega. Ramon, thank you very much for joining us. Hello, uh, Derek. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Thanks, not bad. We're just seeing off here that the, the sunshine is blaring down. We're enjoying the weather at the moment.
1: Absolutely, why not? I think it's a great time to enjoy it, to be outside. Well, I'm not in the UK. Uh, uh, to be honest, with you. I've been hungry in Budapest since the last few months. To be honest, and uh, I really enjoyed over here. I think they've really done a good job here. The government controlled it quite well. Uh, yes, I think uh, from point of that, I feel very safe over here. To be yeah, honest, yeah, uh, yeah. So, but I enjoy the sun, why yeah, not? You know, yeah,
0: definitely. Um, but before we look back on the career, Ramon, just touching on the, the coronavirus, of course, it's affecting everyone. I think at the moment, um, in terms of where you are, uh, and personally, are you coping quite well with, with the lockdown that it's on at just now.
1: Well, I think uh, everybody's in the same situation. It came totally by surprise uh the overall scenario uh in terms of how to handle it how to handle the, the the work uh, uh path as well you know the earnings and everything everything has to adjust somehow somewhere you know and i think that can just came by surprise and a little bit shocking as well you know i think it took a little bit of a while to 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 adapt to that situation and then uh and yeah, I think to be honest, you know, the main thing is to keep extremely positive about it, and not just really to have all these negative news all the time, every day of year, you know, in the media, you know, yeah. uh, about how bad it's going to be and how bad it is. Uh, yes, we know that now; it is bad. Everybody, ha- each one, has to have his own responsibility and take care of it as well. In the same time, because I think it's important now to do that, and if even he- everybody is doing that, everybody contribute something for the future and get working again
0: you know yeah absolutely I totally agree um, we'll look into the, the, the career then Ramon what a career you had in the game not just uh, the amount of clubs that you played for but the, the, the players that you played with and against it's some names that, that you came up against but starting off you were born in Switzerland of course in, in 1971 did you always want to be a, a footballer growing up? oh
1: yes oh, I think so yeah very much to be honest you. you obviously born and grew up in Switzerland and wasn't such a big football country as you can imagine, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I think the key part here was I think my parents my father is Spanish background and they were huge Real Madrid supporters. So growing up, I always watched uh, uh, Real Madrid uh, uh, playing, you know. So that really inspired me to go into the football. And then, yeah, you need also the luck uh, to to join a good club. I'm uh, 16, I joined Grasshopper Zurich. Uh, uh, in, in a great club to join at 16 years old and yeah the rest was history to be honest with you. Um yeah the rest was going to the national team and everything else
0: you know yeah definitely you said you, you've uh, you followed Real Madrid was there any specific players that you, you aspire to be like
1: well in those days it uh, was uh, Sanchez Fernando Yero, and all these yeah. guys you know um, so yeah, there were some great, great, great players. You know, I've always remembered That's always the top players in the world, you know. So, yeah, the good thing is that, uh, and I and didn't you know that when I was 11, 12, then not even 10 years later, they're going to play them in the Champions League against <laughs> them in the <laughs> Bernabeu. So, um, yeah, it was a nice uh, surprise, but at the same time, a uh, great joy to play against one of the biggest teams in the world, you know.
0: Yeah, definitely would be. Um, did you always want to be a defender, Ramon? Actually, I started as a striker. Wow. That's funny, enough,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think lucky, lucky I went to the defender, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, the defender school, I schooled a few, few times as well as a defender, but I think the defender was more appropriate to my... position. <laughs> but I started as a striker. <laughs> 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 yeah, wow. As a very young um, boy, you know, and, and then slowly, slowly, only started to go back more the midfield on the side I actually played most positions to be honest you, until you fit into one uh, position that was centre half and grasshoppers you know yeah. and but we started as a striker because you know there was one coach I had at the time grasshoppers and it was missing a centre half one of the games and he said you know I'm on I think today you're going to start as a centre half Mm-hmm. I'm assuming I played quite well, <laughs> and knowing what, how the is actually move and how to do it, so for me it was quite. I could read them all the time as a as a defender, and and since that day the strategy was we to play as a centre half. To be honest, with you and yeah. Uh, yeah, the rest of all my career as a centre half.
0: Yeah, when you joined Grasshoppers, of course, as as a 16 year old, did the senior players help you? or Was there any players in particular that, that, that helped you at the beginning of your career?
1: Yes, there was some uh, very good some um, senior players there when you joined, at the, you know, just to help you through the first phase of uh, joining as a professional football player. Because I don't think it's a very straightforward and easy one as a young player, you know. Yeah. It's all new, it's all very excited. Uh, yes, once you get into all the routine, how it works, and you know, a training session and then yes, then you're, you're in and you play the games on the weekend. But at the beginning, you're not really... I think the team, the first team player, you're just part of the team, you know, and you yeah. still have to work uh, to, 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 to have a senior guy uh, guiding you.
0: I had that uh, uh, very good, you know. Yeah, and of course, did you clean any of the senior players' boots? Did they have that in Switzerland? Of course, we had it in the UK, the young players in the YTS, they cleaned the boots and the uh, and that sort of thing. Did, did you have to do that?
1: When I came to England, Spurs... The first training session, they introduced used me to a junior uh, guy. So said, this guys going to clean your boots. What are you talking about? <laughs> clean my boots. These are my boots? It's my responsibility. Nobody touched attempt to have missed you. Uh, so I really, I've always cleaned my own boots. It's very, very kind of uh, new for me. So because this no, we didn't have that. We had uh, a football kid, a man who we'll cleaned the, the dressing room and everything else, but the boots that was your responsibility and you need to
0: make sure they're clean. Yeah. Uh, of course, you played it uh, under some really terrific names managerially at, at Grasshoppers. Ottmar Hitzfeld was there between yeah. 88 and 91. Um, what was he like as a coach, Ramon?
1: Oh, he was a fantastic coach. I had, uh, Hitzfeld just when I joined uh, Grasshoppers in 89 at that time, you know, he was a fantastic coach. Uh, a year, I think a year or two years later, we won the league and the cups as well. You know, Grasshoppers, hey, African manager, he was a man to man manager, so he knew how to get out the best out of the players. And, and uh, yeah, his career obviously went on to a strength. He went to Germany to uh, Dortmund and Munich as well. So he's had a fantastic uh, uh, career as a, as a manager. But I was uh, very fortunate as a young boy to have him,
0: you know. Yeah, definitely. And um, some other names that, that, that were there. I mean, the likes of uh, Leo Bean hacker was was there, yeah, of course. Yeah. Did you get on with him? How, how did you find him? Oh, absolutely
1: fantastic. Leo Behacker was fantastic for me. Leo Behacker was one where he opened my eyes in, in in terms of football, how to play the football, the strategy. Um, he came with. Obviously, with the background of not just he was a Real Madrid manager, but also Ajax Amsterdam system. You know, in those days it was a fantastic system. The way they played, um, the space, use the space of the of the game, and everything else. For me, it was fun having Leo Benarkas a, as a manager. For me, opened massively my my, uh, my eyes in football. How, as a defender, not just be defending, but also playing as well. Forward. And uh, and also to, uh, practically tactically point of view it was fantastic. So I really on the name I learned the most of it, to be honest Yeah,
0: yeah definitely. Uh, of course you won the league a number of times when you were at grasshoppers as well. What was so special about those uh those title winning seasons?
1: Oh well listen, uh, as a player the only thing he's counting is medals, to be honest you, know, when you look back, you know. Uh, now we're talking about the medals because I won these medals if I didn't want the medals you wouldn't talk about it but just a player of a club you know yeah. I think when you start to play football profession and you go into it the one thing you go into you're aiming for obviously be competitive and, and have um, win a medal because that, that stays in the history forever it doesn't go away money comes money goes like as yeah. you saying but medals doesn't go and comes there's just they're forever. once you have it you know and a goes up as I think we had one of the if I look back, one of the most successful years that I was there, these
0: 5-6 years that I was there, one of the most successful ones, to be honest that's yeah, in all of Italy. Christian gross of course, to, to takes over and you play under him at, at Grasshoppers and of course later on in your career at Spurs. How did you find him as a, as a coach, Ramon?
1: Well, I was extremely good. I think he was also successful grassroots at the time. We had uh, great relationships as well. Uh, I was surprised, to be honest with you. I was at Spurs already before we arrived to Spurs. Yeah, I only realized the day before when Alan Sugar, the, the German, called me up. What do you think? Christian Gross is going to join us tomorrow morning. Uh, <laughs> and he said, what, what are you saying? <laughs> uh, so I was, first of all, surprised, uh, but also, you know, I knew his methods had. He works the way he, uh, he's dealing, so it was very new for all English players, obviously with Spurs. It was not easy for him either, to be honest. Sure, mm-hmm. uh, but for me, it was quite yeah something already just left when I you know, uh, and I knew how, how he works, you know, on the pitch, you know. So yeah, we were, we had a very successful uh, period together, Grasshoppers.
0: You played with some cracking players at, at Grasshoppers as well. I was reading through that the players that you played with. Giovanni Elbert joined the club for, for a period of time of course. Yeah. Terrific striker. Yeah. What 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 was he like to play alongside?
1: Oh well Giovanni Elbert was fantastic, you know. He's he's, he's, he's he's you know, he was an AC Milan, signed off. Couldn't get through it when he was young as Brazil. And then he joined us from Long to to grasshoppers. Uh, i speak both to the Spanish as well. So pretty much we were we were very bag of friends from start with at a time, you know. Him, he, he never really played 11-a-side when he came from Brazil. to 8 He came actually from the 5 side kind of team. He was extremely technical. Uh, and 5-a-side and 11 side a completely different way of playing football, of course. You know? 5 side is very technical, as fast, as playing with the walls and everything else. So as you could see now on, on the 5 side games we played sometimes in the training session how good he was because obviously he was he used to play like that all his life. Obviously, for him to play on the his larger, uh, pitch, uh, and obviously uh, that, that's a completely different ball game, you know. But he got used to it over a period of the years, two or three years, and he suddenly had a good season. We actually scored pretty much every second, second weekend, to be honest with you. <laughs> and up there he went to Bundesliga, and uh, I think he was best playing play in Munich. So he was a, was a great player, very good player.
0: Yeah, he certainly was. There was other great players there, of course, as well, like Sforza, Mürich Yakin and uh, Kublai Turkomaz, that you'd you play alongside these oh, guys in yeah, the national well, we, team.
1: Yeah, Brussels at the time, we pretty much had 90% of the national team, yeah. the successful Swiss national team. We had from Alan Sutter, Thomas Pickel. we had obviously Turkey much in the front, Nestor Soubiat as well, we had the team uh, brothers, actually Murat think you know, um, Johan Vogel as well, the youngster. Uh, yeah. So we had some very, very cool quality uh, Swiss players, and they were also most Swiss national team players, you know, so most of the Brussels players was were Swiss national team in those days qualified for 94 the World Cup in 96 for the Euro Euro 96 as well
0: yeah you made your debut of course for the national team in in 93 can can you remember um, making your first appearance for for Switzerland
1: yes very much absolutely it was against uh, Tunisia I think in uh, in Tunisia I think in that time uh, North Africa I think about 20 minutes last 20 minutes I got into it very nervous as you can imagine (laughs) Uh, but uh, you know it's it's a a, a moment to wear uh, a national team shirt you know and and, and play international and then uh, for me it was uh, yeah a great day And the rest was obviously also good I was joined with Roy Hoxon as a manager he was a fantastic manager at the time I was a national team player a national team coach he was without uh, a doubt the best national team coach Switzerland had yeah he had uh, he, he was great for Switzerland to be honest he was definitely also great for me because he was always believing me he was a youngster still at the time compared to everybody else I was with 80-90 he was calling me up already for the national team and he always uh, called me up even I didn't play every time but I was in the squad so I learned a lot whilst I was with him as well and I think, uh, yeah, it's one of the people I can also thank that my breakthrough internationally as well, you know?
0: Yeah. You missed out on the the USA 94 squad. Were you, were you disappointed not yeah. to make that make, make that pull?
1: Yeah, well, yes, absolutely. I was very disappointed because so I went through the whole few years of qualification of, uh, to the World Cup 94. We had an extremely, very hard group at the time. Sweden, Italy... Uh, you know, we, we beat Italy, we draw with them as well at the time. You know, we took it now in the 90s, Italy was supposed very strong team as well. You know, and then yeah. be on the bench, PS be with the squad all the time. And and then suddenly, at the last minute, you're not know, being part of, of the big tournament where everybody dreams as well to be able to play. You know, mm. uh, so he was disappointed, but at the same time, I knew I was very young, I was one of the youngest as well in the squad at the time. Uh, center half. And I got all the, yeah, much older centre half who played most of the qualification, yeah, that deserved of course to go, and uh, and, and I was uh, not doing that. But I believe that we have definitely a good chance on the Euro 96 to go, that's what, uh, that was my, my biggest chance was uh, coming then, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. Funny you should mention that, I was going to talk about that. They are showing it on, on the TV again because there's no football. I was watching the Switzerland match against England there just the, the other week there. And uh, What was it like to play in, in, in that tournament, Ramon?
1: Oh, yeah, this is, it, was, it was fantastic. I think the opening game against England at Wembley Stadium, we were talking about the old Wembley Stadium, you know. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a dream to come through, you know. As a player, you play the opening game, you're playing in England, you know, all football at the same time. And, you know, the song is coming home. All of yeah. the, the ambience all around the game was fantastic, you know. And i still even now talking about it that long walk in the tunnel in Wembley to go to the pitch thats just memorable and it's it's nice I experienced a few times not just in the opening game also with Spurs later on the League Cup uh, win but uh, it is uh, one of the most beautiful days uh, memories i ever had in football because it's definitely without a doubt uh, something to you know if I look at now TV now I think the last few weeks my TV was kind of showing again, they was like, goodness me, that's that's me, (laughs) more hair of course, (laughs) (laughs) even more hair of course, long hair, youngies, you know, (laughs) Uh, oh god, do you know what, surprisingly, you know, I never, maybe that's embarrassing, I never saw myself playing on video or anything or, or the opening game, no, never. I played, but I never saw the video me playing the 90 minutes at all, whatsoever. Wow.
0: You get some players <laughs> like that. I, it was 30 years later I'm actually <laughs> watching the third. <laughs> I'm not joking. I have
1: not seen myself or, 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 and the Euro 96 on the video. Uh, even when I played then, I didn't watch a month late or afterwards. nothing. Of course, yeah. some of the highlights I saw, but that's just a few minutes, you know. Yeah. But the whole game, I have not seen it. Yeah, well, wow. nice, nice touch
0: from ITV to do that. Yes, it certainly is, especially when the, the, there's no football on at the moment. So yeah, it's it's yes. fantastic. I remember the tournament well. Uh, of course, uh, Arthur George had taken over from Roy Hodgson, and and it wasn't it mm-hmm. wasn't the most popular figure in Switzerland at the time. Had did did you get on with him? I, 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 was, I got
1: on quite a while, being on a well. I on with him. I would say I'm not a complicated uh, person or player. To be yeah. honest with the managers, I've got, got one quote. No, it's just simple, you know, but he, he, you know, I think he took over something where well, we're talking here. Roy Hodgson done an enormous work with the Swiss national team, you know, it's a massive success, you know, coming on the back of qualifying the 94, uh, of course, going to Inter Milan just before the Euro 96 has given a little bit uh, the country a little bit of instability because, goodness me, what are we going to do? We're going to the big tournament and we, we don't know who is this guy, you know, this Arthur Schwarz, but he just came with good, good record from, I think, from Benfica, uh, Lisbon, you know, at the time, or Sporting Lisbon, I think he was, it was a manager, he's done a, got a good job there as well. Yeah, he had a different approach than Roy Hodgson, of course, and that was new, because when you got used to one coach for a long time, with the routines, the way he plays, the way he talks, uh, you, know, you know, as a player, you get used to it, you know, and then suddenly a new person comes up, of course, you need to adapt, and that takes time.
0: Yep. Just touching on, on Roy Hodgson, Ramon, can you believe he's still managing even even to this day? I know he's uh, at Crystal Palace just oh, now and he's in his 70s. Oh,
1: oh yeah, oh, I can still believe it. This is <laughs> unbelievable. He, he, he loves football through and through. He's a, he's a gentleman the first place to start with. He's really, really good. Know he's a clever guy as well. He speaks quite a few languages. He was managing <laughs> a few countries as well. Uh, well this is one of the surprising stuff as well when you're managing Switzerland, you know you, <laughs> of course uh, you need to not just English, because <laughs> most English players most likely understand English, but you need to have French, German potentially yeah. Italian as well. well I think he learned that over the years uh, a little a broken Italian, let's call it, but he spoke well German and French, and for an English person who speaks so many languages it's uh, also surprising to be honest with you. and uh, I think he's it's, uh, it's done very well, he's yeah. still on uh, he's done a fantastic job with chris Palace as well and still going all that now, you know
0: yeah definitely after Euro 96 of course you, you would leave Grasshoppers to uh, to go to Italy and join Calori um, w- yeah th- was there any other offers on the table at the moment were you, were you disappointed to leave at the time or did you feel that it was the right time to move on
1: no I wasn't at the bar I think this is one of the next that was my next chapter in my life you know I think Switzerland was quite pedigree in terms of growing up there do my football vacation scenario there come to my level I, yeah now it's international I played international games as well with the Euro 96 had a good club from well, and obviously some of the leagues thought uh, that I was capable to play there And Serie A in those days mid 90s was the best league in the world yeah. uh, and I realised that very quick when I played for Calgary you, pretty much every single weekend you've got you know, you've got the best strikers in the world, you know, um, to play with, you know. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was an honour, actually, as a, as a centre-half, because Italy is always famous, having the best centre-halves in the world. You know, the Maldinis, uh, the Costa Cutas, Baresi in those days was playing, you know. Uh, and I'm coming from the smallest Swiss country. they said, mm-hmm. goodness me, I'm playing with the best uh, centre-halves, you know, but also against the best strikers in the world. And, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, exciting and, and great I had other offers as well I had England at the time but England I was not ready with that I think Serie a at the time was uh, way much in a higher level than the Premier League Premier League only just started yeah. you know to, to get in uh, into it and um, And I thought, no, I want to go to Serie A, because everybody was talking about the Serie A, the best players in the world were playing there. So why not?
0: Yeah, they certainly were. Uh, And there was one man there that that Leeds United fans will be familiar with, uh, Massimo Cellino was the president. He's um, quite an off-the-wall character. Did you have any any dealings (laughs) with him? (laughs) Oh, he's... He's, he's a fruitcake. <laughs> 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 I
1: don't know, Massimo. I'll tell you what. I love him, He's a real dealer, I have to say. I already, at that time, as a, as a chairman of Calary, you know, he started a fantastic deal with me. I was, I was about eight eight months with them. Yeah. He bought it very cheaply from Switzerland and then he sold them for about 10 times more, you know, within yeah. eight months. So, so, I'm not worried if I say anything wrong against him because he made a lot of money out of me. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, so, but yeah, he, he's a tag, uh, and, and To be honest with you, he's done not bad. He knows his stuff In the same time. He has his own way how to deal with. And I think um, and Italy might work very well because that's the way the attitude and potential handling was working over there. But when I mean, you come to the UK, uh, yeah, some people in my late tonight they were surprised <laughs> to where he was you know uh, so yeah so but in the same time he's uh, you know he's uh, I have nothing against him he's just a character that's it you
0: know yeah he certainly is That's that's putting it mildly and um, you'd only spend uh, like you say about seven eight months there and then and then you'd come to England to join Tottenham Hotspur you never really spent much time there what, what, what was the reason for you to, to, to come to England?
1: Well, I think that six, six, after Euro '96, immediately joined that Sean um, played. I still continue playing well at the Serie A. Uh, we talking playing uh, against Roberto Baggio, Del mm-hmm. Piero, Zidane, uh, Boba Savicevic. Uh, we talking Ronaldo, the Brazilian, uh, Pepe Signori. Wow. Uh, listen, uh, this this is uh, the best of the best we can have in in in, in the world of. Strikers, you know, and playing against them is obviously a good test as a defender. And I think, you know, in England, I think they was still on on the list even from the Euro '96 to see who are watching me. And there was Spurs, of Leeds. We're talking about Leeds United was also yeah. there at the time. George Graham as a manager, yeah, and Liverpool as well, you know. Um, and in Italy was AC Milan, uh, also uh, interested at the time. But then Spurs, yeah, well, my gut feeling was to come to Spurs and that's it. They said, OK, that's time to go, to move on, you know. Um, and, you know, big club. Uh, it was new because, of course, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a new start. It's in a different country again. It was London, big city, of course, you know. So it was all new for me to start with. But, you know, I was excited to join a big club at
0: as well. Yeah, but you mentioned some of those names that you played against in Serie A, Ramon. I mean, absolutely breathtaking players. Was there anyone in particular that, that gave you a, a hard time more than most?
1: <sighs> most of them, be honest with <laughs> you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what,
1: i I'll tell you what, most of them, I would say, I can call the taxi every time that <laughs> started, <laughs> you know. No, I think, you know see and all these guys were very good, but Ronaldo, the Brazilian, he's, he's off the clock, this guy was just, uh, yeah, if, if you let him turn uh, against you, uh, you better just spray uh, every second because he's absolutely going to hammer you. Because yeah. He was at fast, very quick with the ball. He has creativity. He, was, he had everything yeah. in the trip box, to be honest with you. i never see a player like that in, in my life. Uh, from my point of view, one of the best players in the world, without a doubt. He was very difficult to play with. Gabriel Batistuta, uh, yeah. without a doubt, the Argentine guy, he was just, you know, terrific, wasn't he? Around the 18 yard box, he was just, that's it. That's the target. He will not miss it. You know, if he leaves just one centimeter uh, free, he will just... Yeah. curl it in or do whatever is needed to be done you know um, so I think in between these two they're tough opponents to be honest you, all the day to play with yeah, <laughs> or <yeah>. against, against <laughs> them so uh, yeah
0: Um when you joined Tottenham, of course, Jerry Francis was there a, a, as a manager. Um, we spoke to a former uh, QPR player a few weeks ago, Ramon, and he says he, Jerry used to um, have Terror Tuesdays, he called them, and they just ran until someone was sick, and he took great delight when someone was sick uh, at the training. Did he have that at, at Tottenham at all? Did he like to run you guys <laughs> ragged? Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's some of the things that I, uh, you know, when I joined Spurs, I couldn't understand first of all because obviously first of all, it was all very Cockney language, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I got my very Swiss Polish English way of talking. <laughs> maybe maybe they didn't understand me. To be honest, but well, I couldn't understand a single word what they were talking about. And I understood was Tuesdays. And he said, oh, "What are you talking about? Yeah, puking, 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 Tuesdays what are you talking puking puking tuesday <laughs> so yeah my puking tuesday it suddenly came reality and i realized this box-to-box uh uh training with terry francis and yeah i saw a few guys be after a few half an hour going to the bushes and, and absolutely <laughs> <laughs> Is that the way they're training over here so uh for me it was so very, very new, and uh, you know, we were. I was only one of two foreigners in, in the team. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, that language, the technical language as well. I had uh, late thing there in bros as well. It was a great guy as well at the time. Yeah, uh, um, and and yeah, you know, they, they, they were taken care of as well. And for me, it was a new culture as well. how these guys feeling day to day, and uh, yeah, I would say that definitely had more pints after the
0: games, <laughs> after the they used to be in Italy. That's for certain. i <laughs> will you that now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you played alongside some some great players at Tottenham at the time, of course. So Campbell was there, um, yeah. likes uh, Colin Calderwood, Justin Edinburgh, God bless his soul, was there as well. And Gary Mappet as well. Did you enjoy oh. playing alongside and training alongside these guys?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. They were great. Gary to obviously Greg Conley. He was club, club captain at the time, just, I think, about one year. Before he we was retiring as well, so we played the season together. Yeah. Uh, Saul so was just coming through the ranks; he was young. I saw so when I when I joined them, he was a big fella, you know, big the half. You can see he was fast as well, strong, uh, you know. Uh, and then uh, you know, he grew to the be a and a national team player as well, you know, in England. So it was great. Obviously, David Tudor Law coming later on, and Jurgen Klinsmann yeah uh, during the parade of good players we had the spurs you know if you look back uh we didn't actually done ter- terrible bad but we could do much better uh with that team you know everybody said yeah okay it was not a great time at spurs but we still won the league cup in 99 yeah but before that we had some terrible time but if you see on the paper what kind of team we had uh Nobody would complain to have these players on the, on, on the team sheet, you know. We had Les Ferdinand, Jurgen Klinsmann, David yeah. Juno, David House, Darren Anderton, Teddy Sheringham in the front as well. Uh, Saul Cam in the back. Stephen Kerr,
0: think, yes.
1: Colin Calderwood, uh, Scott, you know, as well. You know, yeah. so I think uh, on, I don't know why we didn't have better performance, but you know, from players' point of view, we definitely have a good team at the yeah. time.
0: Um, touching on the the League Cup win in '99, you had to beat the, the some of the some great sides to reach the the final. Of course, the likes of Liverpool, Man United. Then you beat Wimbledon over two legs, and then the final. I mean, it's the best way to win a final, isn't it? To score uh, in the last minute uh, of the game. What, what's your memories of that game, um, Ramon?
1: Well, two 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 feelings. Painful. But also. <laughs> First of all, painful, but at the same time, uh, uh, you know, very happy because I, could, I went into, we a broken, pretty the much foot in a way, like ankle as well, I went mm. into the game and played it. So it was a painful one um, at the same time, but also extremely successful because we won, again, we're talking about medals, and I always repeat that, you know, you can play all day long, but if you don't collect medals in your career, yeah, I don't think so. you've done anything as a professional player, you know. And I think these are some of the goals as a professional you you want to aim for. You want to have medals you can talk about in hundred years and two hundred years in thousand years if it's needed, you know. It will be in the books, as simple as that, you know. Yeah. And for me, yeah, to go through that pain, having a broken ankle and everything else, it was worth it. I okay, look back now because today I can talk to you about it because I I, I won this league yeah. cup in ninety nine for Spurs, you know. And also, I think to the support, it was a fantastic day as well. You know, they've not won anything for more than 10 years or or, or something like that. So yeah. for them, it was a great day out at Wembley, again, at Wembley. Uh, and, and yeah, it was, uh, as I say, painful to start with, but obviously happy ending as well in terms of having a good medal.
0: Yeah, definitely. Y- y- it's interesting you speak about the... Uh, wanting to win medals in your career. I mean, there's a lot of talk in the last uh, few years about Harry Kane, who's at Tottenham just now, of course. he's um, People yeah. say that he has to leave Tottenham if, if he wants to win anything. What would you say to him if, if you were speaking to him? I'm not too sure if, if Tottenham is, is, is the best club to be at if he's going to win silverware.
1: Well, I think Tottenham is definitely a big club to be. That's number one. That's not that about that. Now, is, is Tottenham aiming to really go for, for medals? That's the second. That's the second question. Uh, Tottenham, the club, has to ask himself to start with. But more important, they have to give the kind of uh, tranquility to the players. that are aiming to do that. I mean, by investing into the team, uh, see as it really is going to happen. They can see its potential that to win medals for Spurs. And I think if Harry Kane sees that with Spurs, to be honest, with you, I don't think. He has to move because you can see that, you know, mm. that so they make a big effort to do it. And afterwards, uh, at the end of the day, he's still playing football. He still has to win it on the pitch, you know, and nobody can, can buy that. But I think the, the key part is if Spurs gives the, the feeling to, to, to how, it, how it came to that we're going to win the league or we're going to win something, you know, he would definitely stay. But on the other hand, if he doesn't feel that, if he doesn't see it goes that direction, then uh, without a doubt I will also advise him listen uh, as long as you're young and you've got a club who really can see it's going to win the league or well, bigger yeah. then you should move
0: yeah yeah it's, it's, it's a tough one for him I've got to say um, uh, of course when you're at Tottenham you play, they don't play there anymore but White Hart Lane is where you played um, f- for Spurs what was your memories of playing there did you enjoy playing there?
1: Uh, at Spurs? yeah absolutely I uh, had a fantastic time there uh, we had good times and bad times. That's what happens as well, you know. That's football for you, you know. you got good seasons, bad seasons. But to be honest, you had some very good fond memories. Uh, you know, uh, we won the League Cup again, you know. That was one of the highest, biggest memories I had this Spurs as well. But, you know, for me, it was a new new chapter in my life, coming to England, to London, get to get used to it, to the new culture as well and everything. And uh, at the same time, uh, enjoying it, you know. i, I had some great memories there. League Cup is without that the the best memory on earth,
0: you know. Yeah, have you been to the, the new stadium, Ramon?
1: Well, yeah, yeah, it's a fantastic stadium. Well, absolutely, it's definitely one of the best in the world. It's uh, it's uh, well-class, yeah. And now the, the team has to be well-class, the stadium is, but the team, yeah. Not yet, <laughs> I call it, you know. <laughs> so I need to improve that, you know. So uh, let's see. That's why I think when we talk about how he came before, I think he, he could see the potentials there. He's got fantastic infrastructure, you know, the training ground and everything. You know, if I look back, what we had compared to what they have now today, it's, it's a completely different planet, you know, they, they have swimming window plots and you name it. We yeah. just had, yeah, if, if we just had one little dressing room with a small little fitness a room where hauling 10 people had space into it to be honest with you mm. uh, compared with what they have now today
0: with chefs and everything else
1: this is uh, you know, the football today compared to 20-30 years ago. it's a completely different ballgame
0: yeah, it certainly is uh, Christian Gross of course spent a, a few months at Tottenham were you, were you sad to see him when you left the club eventually it never quite worked out for him at Spurs did it?
1: No well I think it took uh, a very difficult Period, the Spurs. I think you know. Yeah. I think first of all, the courage to even take that job at a time where Spurs really we took in the relegation zone yeah. uh, was going at that time. And you know, that you know, for Spurs fans, it was a very tough period as well for players equally because we you know we were under pressure. We make sure that we stay up and everything. I can't imagine to have as a coach what pressure he was under to actually perform and keep that uh, club up so Frank is saying yes it's sad uh, the, the but at the same time he still had done a very good job to, let, to keep uh, Spurs up at the mm-hmm. Premier League at the time it was not an easy one and I don't think that many manager would take that job just because of, you know already or having a job with Spurs is very difficult as a manager. So can you imagine if you start to battle against relegation you need to be a uh, you know, tough character.
0: Yeah, you certainly do. Uh, Alan Sugar, of course, you mentioned him earlier on he was the, the chairman of the club at the time. Um, your memories of Alan? Did, 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 did you have any dealings uh, with him? Did, did you enjoy um, working alongside him? Yeah, apart to call me you were fired End of my career. (laughs) Uh, No,
1: no, I'm just joking. At that time, he didn't have any apprenticeship for series and everything. He was not the, like, called it the entertainer and the the star, you know, TV star. He was a chairman. He he was good. He was, uh, you know, he he was straight no-nonsense talk. It's uh, that's, uh, that's good to have that because you need that in football, the no-nonsense talk, you know. And, uh, yeah, we had a good relationship with him whatsoever, no problem. And, uh, and yeah, I think uh, he left the club, uh, sold the club to, you know, what is today, you know, yeah. Charles-Louis and Danny Levy at the time where and I think that that's what uh, he responsibly done it. you know. He left it to for people who carry on uh, the club to the next level. He's done whatever best he can do and then uh, he won a League Cup. So, if you look back, so far, there's only, since then, one other uh, League Cup Nothing I think they won. Uh, so, so Sugar didn't have done too many things wrong because you still have a medal. Again, we're talking about medals. It's the only thing you can talk about. it. You're not talking about how much he invested into it. He's talking about the medals.
0: Absolutely. And that,
1: that importance is always what do you want, and how many do you want? That's it.
0: Like anything else, nobody would care about it. Yeah, spot on. Uh, of course, you you jo- you were Celtic in um, December mm. two thousand. Um, how did all that that move come about, uh, Ramon? Was it because I think they were in for you in the summer? Is that right?
1: Uh, well, yeah, the summer wasn't too too aware of, of Celtic at the time. Uh, only these rumours, to be honest, with you at the yeah. time. So I, it wasn't i call it a serious approach, you know. Yeah. It was rumours, you know. And, oh, but the rumours obviously got more reality during the season, you know, or by before Christmas time, you know, I think. And, uh, yeah, and then Martin O'Neill, we had uh, a meeting, and I liked it straight away. Um, and then I was very, if I look back, I was very happy that I actually done that. move. was one of the best things uh, I think I've done in my career to go to such a big club like Celtic. Uh, I had no clue which direction we were going to go at that time, how many medals we were going to win. Mm. But goodness me, within six months or seven months to win (laughs) the treble, Uh, it was for me even days one of the best ever time I experienced of playing football. Celtic fans, uh, everything around it, Glasgow, Mm. Scotland, you name it. it. It was just unbelievable. It's a shame, unfortunately. To stay longer at a time, but there uh, you go. Yeah. Uh, I got my three medals. Nobody can take that away. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And of course, you, you mentioned there, Glasgow. It, it's unlike it's many other cities. With you have that the Rangers and Celtic rivalry, and um, a lot of mm-hmm. uh, big players can struggle with under that sort of microscope and and, and pressure mm-hmm. and what have you. But is that something that you you really enjoyed? I
1: enjoy it because I think this is part of football as well. You know, that's where you know some of the players. You know, I, I, from all career, saw a lot kind of players, fantastic players, quality players, you know. You see them in the training ground where, goodness me, not even one person's watching them, you know. Mm. But once suddenly 50, 60,000 people watching them were coming out, so they, they're just paralyzed. They're like, pretty much, what's happening? It used to be unbelievable during the week. What's happening today? He couldn't really actually play. What you used to play. So the pressure obviously was climbing down and and, and, and he couldn't perform. So it is very good character. Football is not just a talent, there's also a character, uh uh to, 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 to look into it if you actually can play in front of fifty or sixty thousand people or even more, be honest with you. And if you have that character and confidence, then you start to be a professional player. So from my point if you I really enjoyed that, I really enjoyed the the bus when you're coming out to uh, the tunnel, the special Celtic Park. is unbelievable, you know, it's like uh, 60,000 people and sometimes it sounds like it's 200,000 people oh, that are in the stadium, you know, yeah. so, and, and the one thing I always loved is to hug you know, before the game, you know, and you can hear pretty much the whole stadium wanted to listen to us to so the captain when he's saying, you know, and when you come off that, that's just, that, not to say, it's just unbelievable and I think for me, uh, I got some great memories of Celtic and, uh, and also Glasgow as well at the great time up there as well, Celtic as supporters, the club,
0: wonderful, yeah, wonderful. Yeah, you played in a, a few old firm games, of course. You came out in the the winning side, and, and a, a number of occasions against against Rangers. What what was that like to play in in, in those games?
1: Yeah, old well, firms. I was. Uh, we. I heard that always in London when I played uh, Spurs, always we had a London derby. You know? Yeah. Spurs, Arsenal, or you know, Spurs, Chelsea, Spurs, West Ham. Yeah. Obviously, Arsenal is the biggest, North London, you know, so we had some massive games there. And when I played in Italy, when I used to watch Lazio, Rome, or AC Milan, Inter Milan, those are big derbies. Yeah. But when I play against Rangers, that was different, different level. It was just, just complete. It's one of, of that, the biggest derby in the world, you know, that uh, it's on the day. It's not just the day, it's the whole week, the preparation before the game. Yeah. Uh, prior, the training session, or Celtic supporters going around to watch a se- about a thousand or two thousand people watching the the training ground. You know, I remember that. Wow, this is unbelievable! You know? And then on the game, it just goosebumps just before the game starts. The whole stadium is just trembling. You know, <laughs> to be honest, you to, to watch the game and then uh, it. it it's a wonderful experience. As uh, to say, it's, uh, for me, it was one of the best experiences in my career to have that. And, uh, you know, if every young player or any player has the chance to join Celtic or uh, as such, I think he should take the bike and or run up there as soon as possible because he will never regret to
0: do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge club. You're, you're quite right. You, you said that you, you were disappointed not, not to stay on. Um, was there, was yeah. there any possibility that, 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 that they were looking to keep you on there at all? Or was it a case well, of you had to leave?
1: Well, not particular, to be honest. You know, That's the disappointing part of you, because obviously I played quite well in that season. Yeah. Uh, I thought, you know, uh, in our early stage, already before the season uh, finished, I already stated that I really actually Wanted to finish my career there, you know. To be okay. honest, you. Yeah. Um, but never really concrete for Martin Neal came to 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 my table, you know. And then obviously, when you're running out of the contract, you start to be concerned, you know. We took in mid June, already end of June. The season starts within a week. And you still haven't got any contract been signed, you know. Yeah. And you don't know where to go. In you know, I wasn't the youngest at the time. At the same time, so you get very concerned. So I needed to make a decision, a hard decision as well. Said, okay, listen, I haven't got an offer officially for Celtic. Well, I need to look for something else now, because otherwise, you know, I, I'm going to stay with our contract here. You know, mm. and I was disappointed. Why not uh, really look into? Because they were happy with the way I played, of course, and, and done for the club, and how many medals I won for the club as well, and the supporters really appreciated me as well. And I really had a good, fantastic uh, support for them as well. Um, so yeah, it was, I would say, quite disappointing not to, to stay on, to be honest with you. But hey, go. It's football for you. <laughs> I still have my three medals. And I still watch them every day when I pass them and look at them and how great uh, uh, the season was. And playing in Davide, the first game, scored against them and so on. And yeah, it's uh, so memories are still great even uh, some of this point was not to say you
0: know yeah, yeah. Uh, of course you you would end up joining um, Watford and, and spent a season there of course after leaving after leasing, leaving Tottenham and, and you played under Gianluca Vialli who was there as a manager at the time what, what, what was he like to play under
1: well I think uh, he was different as a player because I played against him at Chelsea yeah.
0: when he was a Spurs
1: he was a player you know uh, so he was a manager you know so it was yeah, he was youngish still in terms of manager, still new in the game as a manager. And, of course, he need to learn as well, you know. But we had a very difficult season. The Watford, you know, uh, I think the team didn't melt together. It wasn't like we had Celtic. We really had some... The dressing room was fantastic. Yeah. We had some really great characters, you know, like Chris Suttons, uh uh, you know Paul Lambert and Neil Lennon, of course, the manager himself. Everybody yeah. has, you know, they were tagged. They had the uh, the they attitude as well. You know, Chris Sutton in, you know, obviously was choking and taking the mickey with everybody, you know, <laughs> uh, and so on. And, on. Uh, and I was calling him the foreigner. You're the foreigner. I'm not the foreigner because you're English. <laughs> 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 and all the and all the Scottish players were behind me and said, "You're right, Ramon." <laughs> four, uh, get it down to south get down south, you know <laughs> uh, so yeah no it, it was yeah, it was funny, you know, but we didn't have that waffle unfortunately, it was a mixture of many good players as well to be honest with you we had some yeah. fantastic players, but you know so shows so again not just names and uh, including the plays can make you a good team, I think it's it's characters and 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 uh, a mixture of both that makes you uh, a good team that's a job with the manager or the sporting director of course is responsible to do that you know and I really that as a player to do. you know we can't just get quality plays in one go and then suddenly it works out but it's it didn't work out at Watford and then on top of that uh financial crisis coming in place there because the ITV uh contract was collapsing and then suddenly yeah uh, they didn't have too much money and that means for me it was uh yeah, finishing already after one year because obviously they couldn't afford continue paying uh, us so we needed to make an agreement with them to release us, you know, as soon as possible.
0: Yeah, the yeah. Uh, you, you touched on th- some of the players at, at Celtic there. Neil Lennon, you mentioned, of course, he's a, the manager at the moment. Did I guess he was quite a, a ferocious and fiery character on the field. Was that what, what he was like in, in the dressing room as well before games?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We liked it, absolutely, you know. Uh, he, was, uh, very he was very flying. It was very kind of on the pitch as well. It was dem- demanding as well in terms yeah. of you know pushing the players and so on. You know, um, but at the same time he can also take it. You know, uh, you know if you you know if if month thinks from him as well. You know, at the time he was playing in front of me with Paul Lambert. He was the centre midfield player, Neil and Paul Lambert and uh, the front there for us. You know, so. We were communicating quite a lot together on the football pitch, you know. So yeah, he was firing. It was uh, very motivating. Uh, and uh, but the, bottom line, it was super, super nice guys as well off, off the pitch as well. When the dressing, when we training finishes, uh, we had a good chat with him as well. So I'm not surprised he's uh, successful as a manager as well because I think he has all of man-to-man quality. Management, you know, I think as a manager, that's one of the important uh, skills you need to
0: have, you know. Yeah, but when you mentioned when you joined Tottenham at the time, Ramon, and you had to get used to the, the Cockney accent, did you? Did it take you a while to get used to the, the Glasgow accent when you went up there?
1: You're right, Pete. Man, <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're right. <laughs> I tell
1: you what. I tell you what. This is. This is uh uh, uh when well, I joined Glasgow, and, and I think we had, I don't remember, had Jimmy, of course. Everybody in Glasgow called Jimmy. Everybody did Jimmy up there. So we had a security guy. Uh, I still remember the security guy at Celtic. He was always, before dressing room. a uh, smallish guy, but he always called me big man. Everybody's calling him a big <laughs> man. He said, I haven't him a big man. was smaller than me. <laughs> <laughs> but I could not understand once the word the, team the security team was saying he was wobbling the vision I have, I have to say I couldn't understand why please slow down so, what, do you mean? what did you say <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you what it was fun uh, yeah I, I, I enjoyed Scotland as well and I, what I love about Scotland and Scottish people as well you know it's not like I like this directness. you know it's straight to the point no yeah. nonsense talk uh, you know exactly where you stand, um, and that for me it's more important than anything. And I, yeah, I embraced Glasgow at the, the same time. Great city, great people, and you know, and even better for a great club like Celtic to play. So what else do you like? What, what else do you want to have? You know.
0: Yeah, definitely. Of course, it, you spent a season in France, and then you, you retired at uh, the age of yes. thirty-three. Which, yes. um, were you yes. ready to retire at that at that point, Ramon, or was it a case that you had to you, you had to hang it yeah. up? With...
1: Ready? I don't think you so, ever ready. To be honest with you, yeah. when you love that the game, it's it's a difficult one to to let it go. You know, you are always you are always going to be you. A little boy, you know, we have a ball, you know. Even you're playing the 50 or 60, you have a ball in the garden, you're like a little boy, you know, happy mm-hmm. smile. And you want to, you know, and that's the beauty about football, you know, it, it makes you happy and it makes you feel young as well. And, and, and you won't ever be young, to be honest, with you, you know. But there's a time where reality check continues as a professional player, so you need to move on. And that's the toughest part of, I would say, every professional player in the world, you know, that. Uh, uh, what's next, you know, and that's very difficult to, to take on, you know, it's mentally as well, how how you going to move on to the next life, are you prepared uh, to go to the next life, uh, you know, suddenly from everybody wanted you, nobody wants you, mm. to how are you going to take these uh, from having a routine every day, training session, being told to do what to do and where to do and and having weekends game, do not have anything, then you need to organize your own time uh, at the beginning, you know. So all of that is a big impact, you know. People are under underestimated. of course, they would say, yes, okay, they've got plenty of money. Yes, that's one thing, that's yeah. uh, uh, subsidized a little bit, but how, for how long, to be honest with you, and at the same time, but you can't, you know, you're still 35, maybe, let's say 36 in this case, you're still young. Most of the people, uh, they're starting their career at a time, that's the age where they're starting to have good positions in the companies, start earning a little bit more money, building up families, etc. Most of the players all done that by 36. Yeah. So for them to start from scratch, it's a very difficult kind of uh, 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 way to do it. You know, of course, some money helps to start with, but you know, it depends how well he manages their afterwards, It's not forever, and not everybody has potentially the skills. To go to a new job, you need to learn new things and so, stuff. So it's 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 a big big impact, to be honest with you. And that's uh, I think most of the players uh, worldwide uh, has that problem, you know. And even today, still, even with the money they're earning today, I think uh, it's still a problem, you know.
0: Yeah, and when you when you did retire, you moved into uh, the business side side of things. Was that something yeah. you you always fancied doing, with, 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 even throughout your your playing career, moving into that side of things, or um, did that sort of because uh, from yeah, like a boat yes. in the blue? Uh, yes,
1: I had always an eye on, on that side. I think for, I think it's coming from I was also lucky to go up in Switzerland where they had a great education system. Yeah. Zurich at Grasshoppers, uh, the time where I was joining 16 years old, really after I was kind of the first pilot program uh, having an education in football, I football and education together, so I had a business and finance degree in banking, uh, but also at the same time playing football for Grasshoppers. Yeah. So I used to go twice a week to schools university there, and also go into the bank to learn about all about the system, financial system, but also have a degree about it from 16 to 19 years old. Um, so that helped me quite a lot. Obviously it was boring for me at the time because I wouldn't to play football, not be going in an office at the time and, and learning about all of that. But if I look back now, it was a great thing to to go back. And it gives you also, that's for any young in the future, I think it gives you uh, some stability and security as well. Whatever happens to football, you can always go back to something where you can start from scratch, uh, even with a good, potentially with a, whatever education okay. you do. But it gives you stability. And that's something I was always doing my career looking into it. When I retired, I was, yeah, I was in London. It was a financial platform at the time. Uh, all my friends who studied with me, banking and finance, they all had careers in banking and yeah it was kind of a natural way of, Yeah, that's where I wanted to go into it you know and yeah I'm talking now 15, 18 years later I'm still in that industry and working on it
0: you know yeah absolutely fantastic and I was going to ask as well about the uh, back in 2015 of course you were you were going to stand as a candidate yes. for the, the FIFA presidency can you tell us a bit more about that
1: well I think uh, to be honest with you that, that time I think it was a very very, very uncertain uh, tea is yeah. within the whole uh institution of FIFA, to be honest you at the time you know it was after such a long regime or uh, or, or suddenly it had a major code to corruptions and everything coming in place, nobody was leading uh that place and, and that was already already ten years of more than ten years of finance and sports together. And I thought it was a, you know, a great time to go into. I'm coming from, from a professional point of view as a player, knowing the game in and out from grassroots point of view, but also have knowledge from the financial side point of view, where that needs to stay even more in football. You need to have both kinds uh, of knowledge. And it was a rare mixture to have both. Either you have one or you don't have the other one, you know. And in the, especially in the football administration, not all of them have both, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think it brings that. Uh, be Swiss on delinquents as well, well, that's the attributes I think uh, such an institution needs. And, uh, yeah, uh, for me, I was ready to do something like that. And why not? Why not in the future either? Because I think uh, the institution still needs uh, to improve in many ways, you know. And uh, I think uh, it needs to be uh, guided by somebody worst vision to do that you know yeah
0: yeah. of course Gianni Infantino is is the current incumbent there at the moment but like you say FIFA has went through a bit of a transition but I feel that it should be more transparent because it's lost a lot of trust I think from football and governing bodies across the world he not just has
1: lost a lot of trust I think he's lost quite more than just trust you know trust is one part you know listen any major institution in the world, including governments, everything, will always have a phase where some corruption comes in place or scams comes in place. Yeah. Nobody has really come away with no. It's, it's happening. That's 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 the nature of such an institution, such a big responsibility. Especially we talk sports politics as such, you know. So a lot of eye. Like sports politics, in specific football, has even a bigger eye. Publicly and also a bigger responsibility. So even so, is 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 needed to have that transparency in place, you know, and 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 that didn't been, been giving, and it's more scandals coming out because I think fundamentally, the the organization from from Grassen's point of view, the structure uh, it was still an old-fashioned way of handling. And money was not as much as it is today. So from compliance point of view, from lots of things, was not implicated you know so you're still kind of running it yeah we are the sponsors for football we are the regulators of football but not really looking at kind of uh in a way as in a big institution and money came much faster than i thought and actually the, the structure and that's what the major issue is with that introduction
0: yeah absolutely and at the moment ramon what is it you're up to um, just now well, I, at the moment, I, in the last three, four years, actually, I've been more and more in the football industry, yeah. okay? So
1: I've been uh, consulting uh, a lot of uh, football federations, okay? So in terms of the structure point of view, governing of uh, the football federation, but also not limited to uh, the financials, helping them, the restructuring them, or getting the finances in place as well. That's uh, kind of, for the last three to four years, more and more, actually, the football has brought me back again uh, into that industry but this time a little bit more kind of uh, knowledge from the financial industry
0: with the football needs as well yeah absolutely fantastic well Ramon it's been an absolute pleasure hearing hearing your story thank you very much for for coming on the podcast no problem at all any time Well, that was episode 50 of the Talkin' Fitball podcast with Ramon Vega. If you want to listen to any previous episodes, you can catch them all on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, and by visiting the recently launched website, talkinfitball.co.uk. It features a host of interesting articles taken from the podcast interviews. Make sure to subscribe so you'll never miss a thing we're also on twitter you can follow us at talking underscore fitball and we're on facebook as well i hope you can join me again next time and i'll be chatting to a proper dunfermline legend but until then stay safe bye for now